And you are not taking ownership of your happiness and your joy because ultimately joy is the greatest creator. But when we're in a place of separation and attack and judgment, we are in the lowest vibration there is. And we do not have time to be in that low vibration anymore. We don't have time for it. That's Gabby Bernstein. And this is the Depression Detox Show. Hello, and welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Thursday. I am thankful for you joining me today with returning speaker, number one, New York Times, best-selling author, international speaker, and spirit junkie, Gabby Bernstein. And in today's clip, Gabby shares three steps that can instantly shift your mindset so that you can have a better relationship with the most difficult people. Here's Gabby Bernstein. Enjoy. So I I invite you to begin to take this practice into your day-to-day life. If there is someone in your life that is causing you drama, or maybe it's somebody that you don't even know, someone that every day you wake up and you turn on the news and you just get terrified and angry and you start throwing popcorn at the TV screen because you're so mad about what you're seeing happening. It's happening a lot in America. And... but, but, But really what you're doing is you're just taking that bat and hitting yourself over the head with it. You're taking that gun and putting it, and you are the secret murderer. And you are not taking ownership of your happiness and your joy because ultimately joy is the greatest creator. But when we're in a place of separation and attack and judgment, we are in the lowest vibration there is. And people, we do not have time to be in that low vibration anymore. We don't have time for it. Not only do we not have time for it for our own joy, happiness, and success and peace, but we don't have time for it for the sake of the world. We don't have time for it. So I welcome you to go into your life and maybe you can think of that person who you've been judging and attacking and fear, I'm fearful of and, and just say, I choose to see them as a sister. I choose to see them, see them as a brother. Are you willing to do that? That's your first step. Kindness, compassion, and oneness. That's your first step. The next step is a beautiful step. Recognize the other person is you. Recognize the other person is you. I had an experience of this a year and a half ago when I was teaching at a retreat, but it was an interesting scenario because typically it's in a room like this where I'm the teacher and maybe I'll see you for a moment. But this was a few days on a retreat and it was only 40 people. And I was the teacher, but I was also kind of participating with the group. It was a group of, of, of United, people from the United States that were doing different things in this field of wellness. And so while I was the teacher, I was also a participant. And I knew a lot of the people that were there, and I was becoming great friends with a lot of the people that were there. So there was a sense of camaraderie. And while I may be on the stage during the day, I'd be at dinner with everybody at night. So there was this, this oneness and this, this, this group connection. And there was this one woman in the group who... I really wanted to like, 
but I just really did not. And she was beautiful and she was cute and young and fun and successful and really, really confident and very flirtatious. And I kept thinking, oh, she's such a flirt. She's such a flirt. Oh, she's such a flirt. And I kept judging her in my mind. She's such a flirt. She's such a flirt. She's such a flirt. And I kept, you know, if I think something long enough, eventually it's going to come out of my mouth, okay? So <laughs> they don't call me Gabby for nothing. So I... I'm at dinner, and I'm, I'm, I'm walking around the dinner table, and, and, I, and I see her having a conversation with this really cute guy, and they're just chit-chatting back and forth. And I walk up to the table in front of a group of people, and I just look at her. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're such a flirt. And she looked at me with horror. She was so ashamed and mortified and just upset. And in that moment, I went right into my own shame of, oh, God, what did I do? I'm supposed to be the teacher I'm supposed to be helping people, guiding people spiritually. I just put this girl down in front of everybody. But then I did what we all do, which is I started justifying my judgment. <laughs> I said, well, she just really is just such a flirt. And whatever, I was just joking. It really wasn't a very big deal. I was just completely joking. It wasn't a big deal. And so I tried to blow it off, and I tried to, like, apologize, but not really apologize, and I just was just making a mess of the whole thing. And then I went to sleep that night, and I woke up, and the second that I woke up, I was like, oh, no. What have I done? And so I text messaged her and I said, let's meet for breakfast so we can talk. And she texted back right away and she said, good idea. <laughs> so we sit down to breakfast and this is a very strong, confident woman. And she's sitting across from me and we're sitting at breakfast and I'm just like apologizing, but not really apologizing. You know, like, well, you know, I was just joking with you, sorry. And she was not enough for her. And she looked at me and she said, you know, that's just really, really, really hit a trigger and a wound for me. And you really, really upset me, Gabby. And I just, I just in that moment was like, this is going nowhere. So I said a silent prayer. I said, God, I need a miracle. I need a miracle. I don't know how to handle this. I am going down the road of ego and I am making myself right. And I need a miracle. I need to, I need a miracle. And all I heard in that moment was recognize the other person is you. And then she continued speaking. And she said, you know, what you said really triggered me because I'm very uncomfortable with the idea of being a flirt because I'm only recently remembering and uncovering memories from my childhood where I got inappropriate attention from men. And in that moment, I knew this was my spiritual assignment. And I looked at her from across the table and I said, your story is mine. I, too, have only recently remembered and recalled traumatic events from my childhood that triggered the same wound. And looking at you and seeing you in your freedom and your flirtatiousness triggered me because that's how I want to be free. In that moment, I could see myself in her. I could recognize that the things that we judge about others are a disowned part of our own shadow. I could see that her wound was my wound. Her recovery was my recovery. Her story was my story. And all she merely was was a reflection of what I still needed to heal. So I challenge you to start to look at the people whom you've been judging and try to see them as you. Try to see the perpetrator or the, the boss or the friend that, that just 
that disappointed you terribly, try to recognize them as you. Try to practice that moment and say that prayer. Thank you for helping me see myself in them. Thank you for helping me recognize that the disowned parts of my shadow are just merely being reflected back to me. And it's the moment that we choose to reorganize our experience of others as just simply seeing them as a great divine universal assignment, as a mirror reflection of the darker parts of us that are still unhealed. That's when we begin to truly shine the crystal of who we are. And that's also when we really become free in our relationships and we transform our fear of relationships into faith in relationships. When we begin to see people in their truth because their truth is our truth, Sat Nam, truth is my name. And we see that truth in the moment that we recognize ourselves in them. Take that in, practice that. Take a moment right now to think about the people whom you've been judging and try to see for yourself well, maybe what I've been judging is actually something I've been judging about myself. Maybe I've been judging because something within me is triggered. Maybe I've been judging because I'm afraid to face what they are representing. Take that in. <laughs> She's getting it. You're taking it in. Good. She's soaking it up. The next step is to see for the first time. This is another story from my next book, Judgment Detox, which is coming your way. See for the first time. So I've always had a very difficult relationship with my father since I was a child. And we would always really, throughout the years, just butt heads on the same issues over and over again. And a heated debate would become an argument in 10 minutes. And this pattern was just continuing and continuing and continuing. And there was drama and stories and repurposing the story. And just it was just, it was just getting out of control. And then one Sunday, as as usual, my father would call me, called me on Sundays, and he would say, you know, this is what's going on, and I would ask him the questions that I knew would really piss me off, and then he'd give me the answers that would really piss me off, and then we would immediately be in this really heated debate. We'd start raising our voices, and we'd start yelling at each other, and we'd start getting mad about things, and, and we'd start, you know, just being so fiercely angry, and finally, I just, I just got silent, and I just listened to him rant. And at the end of his rant, he said, you know, Gabby, I feel really judged by you. And I took that in, because at the time I was writing a book called Judgment Detox. <laughs> and I said, listen, you know, I've actually been really getting intimate with this topic, and you're right, I am judging you. And he said, okay, well, thank you for admitting that. It feels better to just know you believe in it. And, uh, you know, I know that you're birthday's coming up and my father's yard site, which is the anniversary of his death, is next Friday. So maybe we can go out to dinner for your birthday and go to temple for Poppy's yard site. And I said, yes, I'll be there. So we hang up the phone and I, I, I really honored myself for owning my judgment. And later in that week, we meet for dinner and we, of course, as usual in typical Bernstein's dial, were about 15 to 20 minutes late for temple because that's how it always was when I was growing up. And we leave dinner, we run into the back of the temple and we walk back very quickly into our seats in the very last row of the temple. And I hadn't been there in years, but even though the interior had changed, the vibe of the space had not changed a bit. And the, the fact that my family was late was just had not changed a bit. <laughs> and so here we were, and we just entered the temple, and we sat down. And as the universe would have it, 
the rabbi's sermon was all about releasing judgment towards others and being kinder and more compassionate towards the people in our lives. And I sat there and I was like, okay, I get it. (laughs) And at the end of the service, the rabbi says, there's a family in this congregation that I'd like to acknowledge tonight. I'd like to acknowledge the Bernsteins. Edgar Bernstein's here with his children, Gabby and Max. And I want to acknowledge Edgar in particular. Because every year on his parents' yard site, he always attends the service. And he is in such deep devotion of his parents. And I want to publicly acknowledge him in front of the entire congregation tonight. And I went so far as to go into the records of the congregation and pull out his father's membership card from decades ago. And the rabbi pulls out the membership card from my grandfather, Seymour Bernstein, written in his own handwriting. And he says, Edgar, this is for you. And I look down the aisle and I see my father in tears. And I just walk down the aisle and I just push my stepmother aside and I grab my father by the arm and I I hold him. And I hold him in that moment, and all I could see in that moment was his innocence. All I could see was a man who was respected by his rabbi and his congregation, a man who had devoted his life to his elders and committed the yard site every year to celebrate and honor his parents. I saw him as a member of a community. I saw him as a respected man. I saw him for the first time. In that moment, I saw my father for the first time. And my relationship to my father has not been the same since because I opened up to an awareness of him and a kindness of his presence and his personality that I cherish. We have an opportunity in any moment to see for the first time to see and recognize the other person as us, to see someone in their innocence, see them as a brother, see them as a sister, but to most importantly, dissolve all of the stories and all of the background and all of the dramas and all of the chaos. And so this begins with a prayer, saying the prayer, I I really choose to see for the first time. I choose to see you in your innocence. I choose to see you in your innocence. And I really, really recommend this because it feels so good. It feels so connected and it feels so warm to be able to be in an experience where you're recognizing the innocence in another human being. Big thanks to Gabby Bernstein for stopping by. If you'd like to connect with her, you can go to her website, GabbyBernstein.com. Her Instagram is Gabby Bernstein, which is also her YouTube. And her podcast is entitled Dear Abby. And her most recent book is entitled Happy Days, The Guided Path from Trauma to Profound Freedom and Inner Peace. And if you'd like to check out today's episode on YouTube, you can go and type in instant mindset shift that will change your life forever. And I'll have all the ways to connect with her and all the things that I just mentioned, along with links to today's entire talk, as well as links to the previous episode that she has been featured on the show, they will all be in the show description below. So you can go and check 
that out. All right. That is a wrap for me. I appreciate you. I hope you have a balanced rest of your day and I will see you back here tomorrow. So until then, stay strong. Later.